0: Thank you all for sharing this with everybody. We are now in all 50 states and the District of Columbia. We are in Canada, we're in Alberta, Ontario, British Columbia. In Australia, New South Wales, Queensland, Western Australia. Stay strong, reach out, share this as much as you can. Germany, New Zealand, France, Ireland, Portugal, Switzerland, Sweden, Russia, Norway, Japan, Brazil, Panama, South Korea, Argentina, South America, Poland, Netherlands, Italy, Guam, Colombia, Slovenia, Mexico, India, Finland, Spain, Algeria, Denmark, Czech Republic, Chile, Bahamas, Belgium, United Arab Emirates. Thank you for showing so much support. Remember, you're not out there alone and neither am I. There's an entire globe that feels the same way. Come together and we will help stop all of this madness. But first, let's hear a quick word from one of our supporters. Hi,
1: this is Jeremy VanSkapen. Here at After Hours, we like to draw strength from those that have gone before us and lived through hard times. It is now time that something was done. But the man who has the courage to do something must do it with the knowledge that he will go down in German history as a traitor. If he does not do it, however, he will be a traitor to his own conscience. Colonel Klaus von Stauffenberg, German officer. And now back to After Hours. Stay
2: classy. Sergeant Van
0: out. Thank you, Jeremy, for those encouraging words. We'll be praying for you. Now, for today's episode, we have a unique sponsor. Today's... Episode is brought to you by Moderna. Where is he going with this? We'll find out. Just keep listening. But we do have a paid advertisement by Moderna. And we'll kind of go into it a little bit. You can imagine where we're going with this one. Thanks for listening. Remember, reach out to us on the various platforms. We're on Instagram, Cloud Hub, Truth Social. If you feel like you want to give to help this cause, don't give to me. I don't need the money at least not yet I'm still getting paid but give to Truth for Health Foundation that's Truth for Health Foundation or TruthforHealth.org they are giving a lot of grants to help soldiers fight this fight reach out to us reach out to our friends at Terminal CW Army Batman reach out to all of us connect let us know how you feel what your thoughts are Thank you so much for all that you're doing. There are so many other people out there that are going through a similar struggle as perhaps I am or other people that you've heard of. We're all in the same boat together. We're all fighting tyranny. All right, today we're going to be hearing a paid-for commercial by Moderna. Keep listening, and we'll hear more as time goes by. Green says, sponsored by Moderna. The
1: widespread distribution of COVID 19 vaccines has led to a steep decline in infection rates. However, circulating myths and concerns about the safety of these vaccines have prevented hesitant patients from receiving them. So, how can we, as clinicians, talk to our patients about those concerns that have no validity behind them, as well as those that do? Welcome to Vaccination, I'm Reach MD. I'm Dr. Charles Turk, and joining me today to address common concerns surrounding the COVID-19 vaccines is Dr. Renee Nahara, an epidemiologist and editor of HistoryofVaccines.org, an educational website created by the College of Physicians of Philadelphia.
0: And we're all on the Moderna payroll.
1: Dr. Nahara, thanks for being here today. Hi, thank you for having me. To start us off, Doctor Nahara, uh, what are some of the most common myths surrounding the COVID nineteen vaccines?
2: One of the most common one, and one of the biggest ones that I've heard, even from otherwise reasonable people—people people who are healthcare providers, nurses, physicians—because
0: phys- only unreasonable people could have a problem
2: with this shot. But let's go on. In assistance, uh, is that the vaccine was too new? And then we had the pandemic declared at the beginning of 2020 and by the end of... Have you
0: ever bought a brand new car, the first one to come off the line of that particular model? Maybe that's why people didn't want to get what was brand new.
2: 2020, we had a vaccine against the coronavirus that was causing the COVID-19 pandemic. And so when I explained to them that the mRNA vaccine technology has been in development since the 1990s, that kind of changes their mind a little bit. The vaccine was initially used to to try to address some issues with uh, glandular problems with cancer. And there's been a lot of research into that with this. this
0: Interesting how it was used to treat cancer. And now, unfortunately, many people are actually getting cancer shortly after they get this shot. And it's a tragic, tragic thing
2: of vaccine technology however when the pandemic came around both both the urgency from the pandemic from needing to deal with it as well as the um uh, the money that was put into it through operation warp speed from the trump administration through the world health organization funding etc it sped things up and it allowed for this vaccine to be used for the coronavirus and so you had a, a situation in which phase 1 2 and 3 of of vaccine trials were done concurrently and the vaccine was also in so any problem that they would have found in Phase 1
0: and that they would have found in Phase 2 before they got into Phase 3 just got pushed out and all happened at the same time. Interesting. You think that seems like that's a huge
2: problem. ...production uh, at the same time on this this gamble that that those, those Phase 1, 2, and 3 studies would come out favorable, and they did, and that you would have the vaccine readily available as soon as the day... It's funny how things come
0: out favorable when you're the one in charge of all the information. To show if it came out favorable or not.
2: Yeah, was in, and so this is different from other other vaccine trials that that you know it's it's a gamble to take a vaccine to market. But it wasn't very fast the same. There were no shortcuts. The same number of people were used for the trials. The same uh, background information was gathered. And like I said, the vaccine has been in development since the 1990s for other things. It's just that now it was used for an infectious disease. And once I have that kind of conversation with my colleagues, people who are very well educated, who are, again, healthcare providers, they they do for the most part, changed their minds. Others still remain a little bit skeptical, but they also say that, you know, they did not know that. And that has some weight on their decision. And with those myths in mind, what are some strategies clinicians can
1: use to it? The strategies are lie, steal, cheat, do whatever you need to do to get
2: this in people's arms. Address vaccine misinformation with their patients. Oh,
0: sorry. They have their real Well,
2: number one, it needs here. to be a discussion that is frank and open and, um, you know, a, a uh, more of a conversation than kind of a lecturing of the patient about the vaccine. Um, we see it all the time with other conditions, right? A, a patient who is obese is not going to change their mind right away when they get talked to about their weight or their eating habits. A patient who is using substances is also...
0: So I've had patients get pretty mad at me for talking about their weight. They think, oh, Dr. Segal, that's got fat. No, I actually never called anybody fat but there are metabolic problems when you when you eat the wrong foods. And so, yeah, this is a decent way of approaching this. But they, they they lean really heavy on the coercion part, you know, how like 10 out of 10 doctors agree kind of stuff because the other 15 doctors that didn't agree were removed of their licensure and removed from clinical practices. But we'll go on
2: going to immediately you know you would wish that they would they would do that but they're not going to go into immediate um rehabilitation and so it's a it's a conversation that needs to be had maybe two maybe three maybe four times as many times as necessary you beat the hell out of the patient
0: you just beat the living tar out of him with your voice and you just you beat him down and grind him down until there's nothing left and then no yeah we'll get it if you just leave me alone quit talking about it i'll get it that's the tactic
2: that the patients can have an understanding about the vaccines, their benefits, any any expected side effects, um, anything that worries them. Because, you know, at the end of the day, patients did not go to medical medical school for the most part. Um, they may not have taken biology in college if they're college educated. And if they're not college educated, you know, it might be a while since they had their last biology class in high school. So these things that are happening with the relation to
0: the. So talk to them like they're dumb. That's what he's saying. Right. Most layperson. person. Most lay people that I've talked to recently know more about medicine than most physicians at this point in time right now. But talk to them like they're dumb. That's what he's
2: saying. Vaccines and COVID-19, they may be new. And so they need to have these conversations over over several sit-downs with the patient. But it needs also to be very respectful of the patient's skepticism and they need to be aware of who they 're dealing with as far as the patient you know understanding the the patient as a whole and where they may be coming with this, and then just having be willing and uh, to be having those conversations over and over again as much as necessary. With the understanding, of course, that many providers, many health care providers are now exhausted after having to deal with the pandemic for well over a year now, almost two years. And, and they might be a little bit frustrated at patients who refuse to get vaccinated or are still skeptical about the vaccination. That is perfectly understandable. Never,
0: It's understandable to be frustrated against someone who had nothing to do with what's going on right now, but not frustrated at, let's say, Anthony Fauci, who made this worse or these these drug companies these big pharmaceutical companies that you know like what happened to people they used to be against the man and against big pharma and then now all of a sudden everyone's like we're behind the man we're we're, we're following the man we love big pharma what what is going on with
2: these people we find in public health in the research that we've done on how to deal with vaccine skeptical people that conversations that are honest and open and are two-way conversations are more uh, of the conversations that lead towards uh, somebody changing their mind and actually uh, um, accepting the vaccine and getting vaccinated.
0: So, so two-way conversations are helpful to make people get it. They don't talk about how the two-way conversation can help the doctor learn more because maybe the doctor doesn't, lo- j- doesn't know Jack. Because that's been my experience lately is
1: doctors don't know Jack. Dr. Nahara, now that we've covered some common myths, let's switch gears a bit and focus on those concerns that... Oh, just a real quick aside, this, this doctor that's talking,
0: um, the guy that's talking right now is a PharmD, which is technically a doctor, and the other guy talking is not a medical doctor, he's a Dr. PH or something to that nature.
1: But let's go on do have some validity behind them, such as the unknown long-term effects of these newly developed vaccines.
2: What are some of the most common concerns you're hearing from patients? So I'm hearing from some of them that, you know, because the vaccine was, quote-unquote, very new, uh, how do we know that five years from now, 10 years from now, it's not going to... You should see the disdain in his face when he
0: says, very new.
1: How dare you?
0: They are very new, and no one knows how long they will
2: last do something to them, such as a cancer or some sort of new disease. And they get this from hearing that the mRNA vaccine has a genetic component to it. They hear RNA, and they think DNA, and they think DNA, and they think genetics. Okay, so they just showed
0: mRNA, and they have a well not equal to sign. It says mRNA, not equal to, and it says RNA, not equal to DNA, not equal to genetics. Maybe they can stretch this. It, it is genetics. It is genetic information. It's genetic material that they're injecting into your body mRNA, I've talked about this in some other places, is not messenger RNA in this context. They call it mRNA for shorthand, but if you look at the subtext of all of the different uh, big pharma documents, mRNA stands for MOD RNA, or nucleoside modified RNA. So it's a nucleoside that does not exist in nature. And the problem with that is we don't know how long it takes for your body to, to break it down. I heard uh, Dr. Malone talk on one of his podcasts that he was a guest on. And he talked about when he first developed this technology, the RNA that they used was the traditional human type of RNA that, it, that it develops in nature. And it would degrade fairly quickly inside the human body which is great because if you have problems with the medication itself and the dosage and you need it to go away, it goes away. But now that they're using this nucleoside modified mRNA, mod mRNA or just mRNA, we don't know how long it stays in your body, continually taking over the the mechanisms inside of your cell and causing them to do what it's programmed to do. We don't know how long we should have determined that but we didn't i digress let's
2: go on and genetics you know is, is something that is very obscure very difficult to understand and when we hear things like cancer it cancer affects you know affects your genetics uh, uh genetic diseases uh like uh, developmental delays etc uh, people tend to associate these two and so then we need to have that conversation of You know, the the, uh, mRNA doesn't get into your DNA. It doesn't alter it in any way. It just... That's a bold-faced lie.
0: This video must have been done before that article. If you listen to my uh, episode nine, listen to that one. And I talk about an article where in in vitro, so in a test tube, they took, uh, I think it was Pfizer, and they, they... might have been Moderna, where they take one of these jabs and they expose it to liver cells, and these weren't normal liver cells; they were cancerous, previous, you know, previously cancerous liver cells. And so there's, you know, that it may not exactly be what precisely happens in the human body, but it's one of the best studies I've seen so far that shows that within six hours of exposure. The mRNA, the modified RNA, goes into the cell, goes into the nucleus, and actually alters the DNA of the host. Who's the host? You're the host. If you've had this put in you, you are the host. So he said it does not change the DNA. He is wrong.
2: these little proteins that are then introduced to your immune system. But not all of us went to school to understand immunology. People, if they had a college education, might not remember their biology courses if they took them at all. People who do not have a college education might not remember a biology being covered in high school. And so that's where you have this, this misinformation that, that kind of creeps in and makes something that is uh, you know has a kernel of truth to it. Uh, and you twist it in a way that could lead people to to not understand this. In the history of vaccines, if if a vaccine uh, has been introduced, we follow it up for months or years, and there there have not been... Follow it up for months or years?
0: Months or years, typically just years, not not really months. I mean, they'll do the months, but then they'll really do the long-term study before they give it out to the general public, because we don't know what the long-term effects are, especially with technology that's never been
2: used in humans any cases where years later something bad has happened. If there is to be an adverse event from a vaccine, it usually happens within weeks to months after the vaccine. Certainly not years um, because it, they just don't work that way. Whatever, whatever vaccine component you get. Let me remind you, this
0: is not a typical vaccine. It shouldn't even be called a vaccine. These jabs should be called genetic therapy because that's what they are. They're genetic therapy. And the problem is we don't know how long this modified rna drug lasts in your body because they didn't do the studies they changed one of the nucleotides in it so that it can't be broken down by your body so it stays in there for a long time they didn't do the studies to see if it integrates into your dna we recently have a study now that shows that it does or at least in a test tube it will integrate into your dna so this is not a vaccine. This is nothing like anything that's ever been used in human history ever before. And on top of that, there's these things called lipid nanoparticles that are being used. These lipid nanoparticles are also not been used in humans before. And the, the material safety data sheets, so this is the This is the instructions from the manufacturer of how to safely handle these. They say that the toxicology reports on, let's say, gene mutation are classified. Who has the authority to classify these now that they've been approved by the FDA to be used in humans, even though the manufacturer still says to this day, do not use in humans, not validated for medical purposes. Things that make you go, hmm. They're not supposed to be used for humans, but because the FDA said, oh, yeah, you go ahead and use it. Who, who's responsible for this?
2: The vaccination process is eliminated by your body in, in a few weeks to months. And so with this vaccine, again, it dates back to the 1990. So
0: so far, everything he said is true. He's not actually lied. He said, yes, this is how vaccines work. And he's right. That's how vaccines have worked in the past. Nutrition to get out of your system in a certain period of time. They don't actually go into the, the cell of, your, of your, your body and then take over the manufacturing process of your body. That's what viruses do. But this actually goes in, takes over the manufacturing process, and has a high potential of actually going into the nucleus and changing the DNA. So he, he's, he's right, but then he does a little quick sidestep and doesn't tell the truth
2: mRNA vaccine the vector vaccine there are others like it uh that date back several years as well and so they're they're not new and they have been followed up and when i tell people that it's not just big pharma that is looking at these the safety of these vaccines and it's not just the federal government it's also also state and local governments it's also academic institutions and then within big pharma so the only people looking at this is well it's not
0: just big pharma even though big pharma is paying off most of the government But it's not just the FDA and the CDC, which is government. It's also local cities and states, which is also government. But it's also, you know, you could even say there's even medical associations, the American Academy of Family Physicians, the American Academy of Pediatricians. They're all looking at this too. Look at their resources. Where do their resources come from? All of the information that the American Academy of Family Physicians, the American Academy of Pediatricians, ACOG, American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, they all get their information from the same people. FDA, CDC, who? Basically one resource. So you can have all these different people looking at it, but if no one has any intellectual curiosity to look outside of one source, then it doesn't matter because they're all just a great big echo chamber all saying the same thing.
2: You know, they're competing with each other and they they want to look at the other guy's product and, and see if there's anything wrong with it so that their own product can be introduced as being better. And so there's a lot of surveillance about this. There's a lot. Of Going in, of, of looking at for adverse events. And you, when you have more than half of the population of the United States, well over 150 million people vaccinated, followed for months now, and you don't see anything long-term, uh, anything months later, then it's a safe safe bet that there is a very low possibility of something happening uh, later on. Is it possible? A very low possibility. Do you want to gamble on that?
0: Especially with, with what I've read from these material safety data sheets from these patents that talk about some of the problems they're having is immune suppression. When you have immune suppression, you can have problems with cancer. Some of these patents talk about disseminated intravascular coagulation, clotting problems. Hmm. We're hearing about all the time of these young, healthy, especially service members, who are dropping dead or found, found dead in their room clots it's not even the alleged vaccine or this modified rna that's causing this this is the lipid nanoparticles the adjuncts that they put in there that they think are safe there's no evidence that they're safe this is not like the american justice system where a medication is safe until proven dangerous this needs to be held up like the french judicial system where medications are are assumed to be dangerous until they're proven to be safe. Because to do nothing is safer than giving this stuff. And so prove to me that it's safe before you try and put it in me, or anyone else that I know. Don't just assume it's safe. Uh,
1: but- Very highly improbable. There have been some concerns, including from healthcare professionals, uh, about how in the early days of mRNA vaccine research, uh, that the vaccine was associated with a large number of deaths in uh, laboratory animals. Um, Is there any validity behind that?
2: So that is one of those myths that has a kernel of truth to it that gets gets twisted around. So yes, there was a, a large number of laboratory animals that had to be euthanized after being given the mRNA vaccine, and this is in the... The uh, studies before the human trial.
0: He might be talking about one of the studies where that's that's true, but there was a a ferret study where all of the ferrets died when they were exposed to the virus. They weren't euthanized. They they died because of the virus, because of antibody-dependent enhancement. What is that? Big fancy words. It means the virus has a greater effect on your body because you have these antibodies that are not helpful. In fact, these antibodies are more like like a Trojan horse. They allow the virus to get in, and your immune system cannot see it. Your shields of protection are down. And the virus can attack areas that it never could attack before. Instead of just staying in the respiratory system, it goes into organs. It goes into the brain. It can go into other places because these antibodies that your, has, your body has made allow it to go places where it shouldn't.
2: Before human trials are done... Vaccines and other pharmaceuticals are given to animals, lab animals, such as mice and rats, to see if there are any safety concerns. And so these
0: animals... Mice and rats might be okay for initial studies. They are not the same as humans. They're not. Not even... They're they're different. They might be mammals. They might have a similar system. Nothing is the same as an animal.
2: They they serve their purpose. Nothing is the same as a human. They were giving the vaccine. They cannot be used for anything else because that would confound the, the findings of some other research being done on them. And so they were humanely euthanized. And so, yes, there are papers out there from pharmaceutical companies that have done experiments on animals uh, for vaccination, for the mRNA vaccine, for the vectored vaccines. And once those animals are, are used, they are humanely euthanized. There's a whole process that involves federal law on how to properly and, and humanely euthanize these animals.
0: Just real quick, I want to say a quick word about the vectored vaccine. So, quote, vaccine. So a vectored vaccine is where they take a virus, like an adenovirus, and they have it, instead of infect you with whatever it infects you with, they take that out and they put the mRNA in there. So they make a virus that will infect you with whatever they want to put into you. Listen to episode 9 to get a little more background on some of the ideas of this, of transfection. And some other interesting ideas. But yeah, so they take a virus. Is, I would assume that's gaining a function of the virus because you're changing the function of that virus. Hmm. Maybe that's not a good idea.
2: So yes, that did happen. And there is that association with, with vaccination. But it wasn't because, because the vaccine did anything bad to them. It was just that their service service was done and it was time to move on to the human trials. And so those animals were euthanized. And with all that
1: being said, Dr. Nahed, uh patient education plays a critical role.
0: I do want to say something real quick. The guy who's speaking right now, he looks like, now I could be wrong, but he looks like he's got Bell's palsy. The left side of his face is not moving appropriately. His eyes kind of droopy. The corner of his mouth is droopy. And the right side of his face moves appropriately. And this is also in the, the forehead region. So it does, I don't think it's just from maybe a bad dental procedure in the past. Uh, You know, I'm certainly not going to make a diagnosis of someone that I haven't seen in clinic, but those are just my observations, is that he does have some sort of potential neurologic disorder. Well, we've seen a lot of Bell's palsy complications from people that take these shots. Just remember, Moderna! Now, back to your propaganda, brought to you by Moderna
1: in all of this, uh, so how can we better educate patients during their visits, and uh, what sort of tools and resources can clinicians point them to?
2: So you have the official sources, right? CDC, World Health Organization, the state health departments, the local health departments, but I think uh, also the... We're only going to listen to official sources,
0: people that know what they're talking about, who are proven to say what we want them, and to proven to say what what they should say. I mean, proven to say the truth. Right, that's what we want to say, the truth, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, did we get it right? Okay, good, thanks.
2: Not so official, but still credible sources, organizations that are out there uh, promoting vaccination, not just for COVID-19, but for other, remember, uh, the other childhood diseases did not magically go away because of COVID. They're still there. We're seeing a drop in the number.
0: Interesting, because the flu completely disappeared off the face of the earth,
2: but I digress. Let's go on parents who are vaccinating their children for those other diseases so that needs to be kept up and for that you have uh, organizations like voices for vaccines Uh, you have organizations uh, that that are parent-led or patient-led organizations to educate people about vaccination and so you can point them to those organizations as well Um, there is a lot of involvement in social media now by by parents right we we all check in on our facebook groups or our, our twitter feed so there are certain people who are putting out their quality information, guide them towards towards those if that's how they get their information. Uh, but like I said, it's gonna be a, a, an effort that's not going to be one and done. One visit is not gonna be enough. I mean, you may require other visits with all the, the complications of that, right? With the, being there being a crunch in time or like insurance that doesn't cover, just coming in to talk about vaccines, um, but it's gonna take some time. And, and the tools are out there uh, from both official and, and like I said, credible, but non-official sources um at the end cuz don't listen to me don't listen to Dr Siglov he's
0: not an official and not a credible source he doesn't toe the party line so we can't recommend him and we don't want you to even look at him don't look at him don't look at him don't look at, don't look at the man behind the curtain
2: the day we all listen to people who are like us. That's that's what makes us, you know, what makes us human. And so a parent might be more uh, open to listen to a, a physician, uh, healthcare provider who is also a parent and who has done walk the walk, uh, the walk themselves and has vaccinated their own children and, and follow those experiences. And so
0: quick aside, I am a parent and I'm a physician and I am so glad that my children have, gone unscathed with the previous immunizations they've received and they are uninjured but I don't see any evidence that all immunizations are safe there's a really good movie out there called Vaxed. it was done by Adele Bigtree I encourage you to go watch it it's heartbreaking, it is hard to watch but if you have children, you need to watch it They expose things in there like things you could never imagine, like the CDC lying to people. Well, maybe that's not so hard to imagine and how, yeah, you just need to go watch that because it is hard to watch, have a box of tissues, you know, be ready for it, but if you have kids, you need to watch it.
2: No, it's, it's just a, a multi-pronged approach to people who are hesitant about the vaccine. And it all, again, goes back to multiple conversations, honest, open, and, and nuanced conversations. Before we close, Dr.
1: Nahara, uh, do you have any final takeaways with regard to vaccine myths and concerns for
2: our healthcare professional listeners? Yeah, from the point of view of the history of vaccines, we've been here before. Um, every single vaccine, beginning with Jenner's smallpox vaccine at the end of the 1700s to the more recent HPV vaccines and the, the nasal flu vaccines, every single vaccine has been met with skepticism. Okay, so the nasal flu vaccine, they don't use it anymore because it never worked. It didn't do anything, didn't
0: do a thing. And then if you look at some of the, uh, the Gardasil or the HPV vaccines, there's problems associated with them, consider POTS. That's where you get lightheaded and dizzy because your heart rate skyrockets and your blood pressure drops. There's problems associated with these. You know, you shouldn't listen to every single conspiracy theory out there because they don't all have the entire truth. But what you should do is be open to all sources and look for the shred of truth that's in every idea. And if there's major skepticism from a lot of people. Perhaps there's a reason. The people that state it may have the wrong reason, but they know that you should be skeptical. I'm going to give this example. When I lived in Alaska, there was this man who would come and deliver wood. Yeah, that's right. We had a wood man. And he would you know, dump a huge dump truck full of split wood so that we could stay warm for the winter. And we started talking once. And... He said, you know, there's these underground FEMA camps all over Alaska. And, and he, he wasn't right about that. That was wrong. But how did he come to that conclusion? So there was huge underground work projects that were done by the U.S. government in Alaska. Huge underground work projects. Things that you can't imagine. But they weren't FEMA camps. They were for other purposes, offense, defense type of purposes. However, because this man only saw a bit of the truth, he didn't see the entire truth, he had to draw conclusions. And so he wasn't entirely right, but he also wasn't entirely wrong. And so the opposition, what they will do is they'll say, oh, There's no FEMA underground work camps. There's no FEMA underground camps. Everything he says is wrong. Life is a lot more complex than that. You have to look and explore and see where's the shred of truth in whatever idea. And some of the things that I say may be part of that. They may have that shred of truth. I try to give you the best that I can, meaning I look into it. I look for that shred of truth before I bring it to you, and I try to show you the entire shred, not just a little tiny little piece of that shred of truth. But the thing is, we have to be open to these ideas, otherwise we'll never see them, and we'll be completely fooled, because we're too quick to disregard what someone else says, because, well, that's crazy, there's no microchips in these things. Well, no, there's not. There's no silicon microchips in these things. But there's other technology that could be in here. Listen to episode 9. They could have been hidden in here. They could be quite dangerous. But we have to explore all of these things. You have to prove that this medication or this biologic is safe before you give it to me or anyone I know. And one other part of that is when you're using biologics or modified mRNA, modified RNA, they they submit a strand or a string, a series of nucleotides. For example, this, this modified RNA that's 100 nucleotides long, this is what we're submitting as the drug. Now, in reality, when they produce this, they'll make some that are 50. They'll make some that are 75 nucleotides long. They'll make some that are exactly what it should be, 100 nucleotides long. There'll be some that are 120. There'll be some that are 200. It's a ubiquitous mixture of various things. If they change that modified RNA strand by one nucleotide, it is a different drug with a different structure and a different function. So the whole idea of using this way of doing it, there is no quality control on the face of the earth that could guarantee that every single strand of modified RNA that goes into your body is exactly what they sent and exactly what they tested. Nothing is that precise. And you change that nucleotide sequence by one nucleotide, it's a different drug that needs all of the same testing as the original.
2: Let's continue. It has been met with fear. It has been met with misinformation and and even outright lies because there are people out there that do not understand how vaccines work. They don't understand the history of vaccines. They don't understand the science. And so uh, one of the natural reactions that we have to not understanding something, uh, something that scares us is to lash out against it. And so this has happened over and over again. It's going to happen with the next vaccine technology that comes after this one. Uh, I think as, as, Public health professionals, as healthcare providers, we all need to be very patient with this. I know it's very exhausting because of the panic that is going on, but in that patience, we will find that we will change more minds than in being frustrated and acting out uh, against people who refuse to get vaccinated or have some have some doubts. If we are just patient and continue to have those nuanced conversations point them to credible sources and then also educate them that this has happened before. It's going to happen again. We might as well get it over with and have that conversation now. (laughs) Then we might be able to, to change more minds and help everybody uh, on what is really a personal choice that affects everybody, right? It's a personal choice to get vaccinated, but it really does affect everybody because you could be the the vector that, that gives the infection to somebody who really should not be uh, getting it because. Do you see the problem with what he just said? It's a
0: personal choice that affects everybody.
2: That is a huge
0: problem. It's a personal choice that affects you. Because if it affects everybody, then you can justify, well, you didn't get the shot. So you're you're not good enough to be in society. If you're not good enough to be in society, then we can keep you from moving freely. We can restrict how much you can buy what you can buy we can round you up and put you in a place for your safety for everyone else's safety because you could be dangerous because you could get you could get grandma sick also for our children how good is it for their psyche to know if i get grandma sick and grandma dies well that's my fault can you imagine living your entire life knowing that you killed grandma because you got sick because you didn't get the shot, or let's say you did get the shot, and you still get grandma sick, and grandma still dies. You have to live with that for the rest of your life. Do you think a 5, a 6, a 10-year-old, even a 20-year-old can comprehend that? No, I can't comprehend it either because that's wrong. That's not how life works. I didn't kill grandma, and you didn't kill grandma. Illnesses happen, and people die but we don't blame the upcoming generation and throw them on the sword to save the elderly generation. We do what we can to protect. We, we improve health, and we talk about how you can make yourself as healthy as possible, but we don't blame the younger generation to cause emotional scarring that will bother them for the rest of their life. We don't do that. We've never done it before. Why are we doing it now? Because it's not about that. It's about destruction of humanity.
1: Well, with those final thoughts in mind, I want to thank Dr. Renee Nahara for being on the program. Dr. Nahara, it was great speaking with you today. It was a pleasure. Thank
2: you.
0: Today's paid programming sponsored by Moderna.
1: Did you order the Code Red? You can't handle the truth.
0: It's been a while since there's been a good military courtroom drama. However, you are invited to go watch one of these military courtroom dramas unfold in real life. April 28th and 29th at Aberdeen Proving Grounds in Maryland. Please come and support our very own Mark Bashaw. First Lieutenant Bashaw will be undergoing a court martial. Uniform is service dress. ...begins at 09 at the APG courtroom. If you're in the area, if you have time to come witness, this courtroom is open to all. Let's show our support, First Lieutenant Bashaw, as he is the first to undergo a court-martial for refusing to get a test and refusing the COVID mask mandate. Let's try to fill up the courtroom to show our support. Thank you for joining us for another episode Remember, today's episode is brought to you by Moderna. That's great, isn't it? The propaganda they spread. Don't believe it. Don't buy into it. Don't buy the lies. Always be skeptical. Remember the words of Thomas Jefferson Question everything with boldness, even the very existence of God. For if there is a God, he would prefer honest questioning to blindfolded faith. Well, that's true. We must question everything with honesty, with reason seated firmly in her seat. Remember, together, we all will make courage more contagious than fear.